Welcome to First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. I'm your host, James Gardner, certified athletic therapist, certified strength and conditioning specialist, yoga instructor, human being. This platform, for the pros, by the pros, anybody in the performance space, and beyond. Welcome here to share in the stories of professionals, experiences, journeys, learning along the way. It's a platform to connect, to network, and to be a part of a community that cares with conversations that matter, experiences that resonate, and generate ideas, thought-provoking, organic dialogue, passionate probes. Brought to you as always by First Star Therapy, Mobility Tape, Epic, and Benchmark Athletics. In association with the Canadian Athletic Therapist Association, it's First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you for being a part of it. Right, here we go live from Tel Aviv. It is World Congress number 12. Once again in Tel Aviv, we're on the ground. We have a guest here with us this morning. This is Colin King. Uh, just before presentations start, we are on day one of World Congress. This is Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast, the official podcast of WFAT. Colin King, PhD, CATC, is an associate professor and athletic therapist in the School of Kinesiology at Acadia University. He also sits on the board of directors for the World Federation of Athletic Training and Therapy and acts as the program director of the newly CATA accredited athletic therapy program at Acadia in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Colin's main research interests include exploring the impact of innovative pedagogies and multimedia technology in athletic therapy education, as well as concussion education and knowledge mobilization. His presentation here in Tel Aviv is titled Technology Enhanced Teaching in Athletic Training and therapy. Uh, man, a pleasure to travel with you. We had the flight together last night. We had dinner. We got to see a little bit of uh, culture, taste the food here. Uh, so welcome aboard. Thanks, James. All right. Pleasure. As always, uh, you've accomplished a ton in a short period of time in the athletic therapy world. Um, maybe just like where this, where the passion started for you, where things started in terms of uh, your journey into athletic therapy. And then we can speak to the value of this Congress and, yeah, and sure. the World Federation. Yeah. Well, I think uh, me personally, I kind of stumbled into athletic therapy. Uh, grew up in Newfoundland. Uh, you know, I was always involved as an athlete, like most of us. You know, it comes to a point if you're not making the NHL, you know, you're not identified as an elite athlete by some point, and you start thinking about the what's next. And uh, I think for me, I started off in undergrad, really didn't put any uh, thought into it. I started off as a business student just because I had some friends doing business. I was like, hey, I'll do business. Um, didn't find my passion. Had some other friends doing kinesiology, saw the types of things they were doing, and said, you know what, that kind of looks interesting to me. Uh, so I started doing that, really started to enjoy anatomy, learn about the body. Uh, and through my kin degree, I was exposed to, at the time, the only certified AT in Newfoundland. Uh, Nick Addy Jib was uh, working with the uh, HL team, the St. John's Leafs, was literally the only therapist on the entire island. island. So uh, 
had an opportunity as part of one of my assignments to, to reach out to a professional within the kin world of who you're interested in learning something about. I picked Nick. I uh, got a chance to go out and talk with them, hang out with them at some games, kind of turned into almost like an informal internship for a little while. And when I really saw what the profession was, I was like, yeah, you know what? This is this is what's for me. Um, so then I started to look in, you know, how do you actually become one of these people? Uh, so then my path kind of took me to Sheridan, took me to uh, do the athletic therapy program um, at Sheridan College. And uh, yeah, that would seem like it was yesterday and it's quite some time ago now, so... Yeah, nice. Um, not an uncommon story to sort of stumble into yeah. something and then find great people in the profession, which I think is uh, pretty unique about athletic therapy, certainly in Canada. It's a small world, um, but you find great people, you find people that are passionate about it, and then fast forward and now you're leading a program uh, on the east coast of Canada still, but uh, providing the same environment for your students that I think probably ignited some of your passion connecting them with people like-minded or otherwise professionals in the space, whether that's in pro sport or in um, the academic setting, you've sort of done and seen it all. So um, where does the value lie in sort of providing those opportunities for students? And then we can sort of bridge this gap over to this World Congress where now we're sharing it globally. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's a big piece of it. Like, honestly, uh, for me, it, it's kind of interesting being at Acadia because uh, Acadia is a primarily undergraduate university. And we pride ourselves on developing like the whole student. Like that's honestly one of the mottos of Acadia has come to Acadia is transformational learning. Right? It's like the tagline they use now and their stuff. It's like nowhere else. Uh, and so, you know, you try to build in. So every single student that comes through, they have to do courses, you know, in the arts and science area. Like even if our students are not fans of it, like we still see true value in, you know, it's just learning how to think differently, learning how to truly critically think. You know, learning how to you know evaluate the same problem through different lenses and whatnot. Uh, so that's a that's a big thing that's a part of Acadia. So then, when starting programs that are you know, very health professional based, and yes, we have our set level of competencies that you know here are the things you need to ensure that your students are learning. Uh, it's also thinking about them as a person and a whole student, and thinking about all this other stuff and. And that's where it comes into, you know, what one time was called the soft skills. But as we know, we're probably the most important skills to develop in students is how to properly communicate, how to be a reflective practitioner, how to, you know, network and collaborate in the interprofessional education and all those things. And so that's whereas, you know, program director and, and as the faculty that we, when we're training the students, we try to do that with them, right? We try to expose them to learning from other types of professionals. We try to help them you know, collaborate network through, you know, various assignments and things because there is so much value in it, right? They might get exposed to, uh, you know, kind of similar my experiences that I shared, seeing Nick as the only, ther like the only AT I knew at that time was someone who worked pro hockey. Right. So, of course, when I came out, I wanted to go pro hockey. And uh, after working in that world for a while and, and helping out the Quebec Major Junior Team in Newfoundland after graduation, uh, then realized that as much as I enjoyed that, that really wasn't my path, right? That wasn't my passion. And so I think through our experiences that we try to structure with the students is some of you think you know what you want to do, but it's through these you know, collaboration, networking, seeing what other you know, groups of professionals are doing that you might really find that you know, what's for you, what that passion is. Yeah, no, awesome stuff. And I think um, broadening the scope, you know, I've had the opportunity to work in the educational space at York University, a little bit of time at Sheridan as well. And 
Um, there, for students, sometimes it feels like, uh, at least in my experience, there were three jobs. You know, when you finished, it was it was take your pro, your professor's job, work in pro sports, or or open your own clinic. And I think for me, even now into you know my early forties and fifteen years into this profession, is having the opportunity to travel the world now here in Tel Aviv and see just how broad the scope is, you know, what's happening in Ireland, what's happening here in Tel Aviv, in Israel, um, across the globe, where the scopes of practice sort of vary and differ. Um, and before we jump into sort of like your presentation and your specific interests, um, how much value do you derive at this stage of your career? And what do you take back, I guess, you know, into Acadia and into our profession of athletic therapy um, from a World Congress or an opportunity to connect with people across the globe? Yeah, I think every time I come in with these and you know, I've only been involved in the World Federation for the last probably three years. Uh, my first World Congress I had a chance to attend was last year in Winnipeg. And so this will be my second one. Uh, I always come into it from you know, sometimes it's easy to be in a situation where you come from established professions where, you know, Canada and the U.S. like AT has you know, been around for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, that's quite quite the name in, in the circle. So then sometimes you come into other areas where it's newer, newer. You might think, okay, my job is to teach. My job is to inform. My job is to. But the approach I always take is is the opposite. Is, is trying to learn from these experiences because, like you mentioned, even if something is new in a country, uh, you might see certain opportunities. Uh, you know, different groups, different populations are working with different types of professions. Uh, you know, different opportunities. And so I always try to learn from it, see what's happening elsewhere and see if the possibility of that is in our you know, unique context. Because even in Canada, as we know, every province is not the same. You know, healthcare is, is uh, you know, provincially regulated. Uh, it makes sense to have commonalities. And of course, there are in certain professions, but there also is a lot of variability, right? And so Sometimes something that happens in one of these countries, I might say, you know what, that would fit perfectly in Nova Scotia. I know, you know how that would. Whereas someone from Ontario might say, yeah, you know what, like, yeah, it just wouldn't work where we are. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I try to just come in and try to, you know, educate myself, learn, talk, collaborate, um, and and really could yeah, just learn how the profession runs in in these countries. Yeah, awesome. And I think again, being open and and willing to receive that information right on whatever level, but also providing for some of the lesser established or newer um, newer uh, groups or associations like here in Tel Aviv. And, and culturally, there's going to be differences country to country. So where things fit and how things fit, again, like you mentioned, I love that, is there are pieces here from um, embedding the profession into the military here in Israel, which can play a little bit in Canada. It's not done, generally speaking. There are a couple, you know, therapists in Canada that do play in that sandbox, but here um, probably a little bit more prevalent. Yeah. Um, so just taking those pieces and, and really applying it, and I think maybe even opening the channels for students to see that uh, there aren't just three jobs. It's really a matter of creating the work and, and doing the passionate pieces that you like to do yeah. through it as well. And I think another unique thing that uh, I try to take back to is that uh, – you know, probably a little different where you live in Ontario. Like, we you know, Canada is a very culturally diverse place. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's cultural diversity in Acadia, as you get in the rural areas, you start to get less and less. So, like, for example, students at Acadia, really not exposed to that and working with that many different cultures. And so, you know, our students don't get as much experience working with, you know, someone who is Muslim, someone who is, um, you know, comes from just a different view of maybe healthcare, you know, um, the body, health, 
common techniques, things like that. And so I try to learn from some of these things so that, you know, when we're developing and what we try to do is we try to develop as many, uh, you know, modules and things and, and bring people in to talk to the students to try to get them to think about that, you know, context, the cultural context. You know, in, in the competency stuff, you always hear about like cultural competency, mm -hmm. but, you know, how can someone truly be competent in learning about a culture if they don't immerse themselves and live in that? So I think rather than trying to get people competent, you know, quote unquote, it's more just being like culturally sensitive and, and have an understanding and attempt to have that understanding of how, you know, injury and pain and health is viewed in the person you're working with. And so... I think there's value in that in coming to places like this where you might learn about some different ways of just how, you know, pain and injury is perceived so that now you can, you know, not just take your westernized view of medicine and try to impose it on every single person that you can blend in, you know, those values and attitudes of others as well. Yeah, I love that. And and sort of utilizing our profession in Canada to see the world and, and get exposure to these things and gain experience this way at whatever stage of your career. But for you, definitely, you know, that impact to uh, empower the future of the profession, at least on the East Coast, but certainly like, you know, countrywide as well for, for Canada, bringing bringing your experience here and taking experiences back to develop that and grow. So um, don't want to take up too much time as we're going to get into the the entire World Congress here in a busy couple of days. But your presentation, um, obviously a, a bit of a passion project for you. Um, what are you hoping to deliver? I know there's a number of students here in Israel that will be listening and, and obviously like international delegates that are here as well. So um, I don't know, a summary maybe of what you're delivering and, and where you think uh, there's value in that as well. Yeah, so my, my presentation is going to be on uh, teaching with technology and, and AT education. And, and really, this is another kind of passion I just stumbled into. So basically, as I followed my journey from what I thought was going to be pro hockey and landed at Acadia and you know, in the beginning, it was that classic job that's starting off, you know, working with the football team, uh, you know, doing some clinical work, but a piece of it was teaching. And so that was my, my first exposure into it and realized how little I knew in that world. Uh, and just that was the start of my journey into just learning more about it. And as I got more into it and started to get into like educational philosophies and really into like philosophy and mm -hmm. thinking about like different ways of how students learn and how people teach and how they're, you know, how, how they evolve based on so many things. And I just, that became a true interest of mine and, and hasn't stopped. And so this is just kind of a little snapshot on just, you know, things I've learned about the way, uh, you know, I'm not a, a tech person, meaning like this isn't coming with me with my product developed that are now going to try to sell it to people. So kind of the little, uh, what I hope to get out of this is the way I try to explain it is similar to like what we often do is like AT educators, right? Is we try to really individualize the experience You know what techniques you're going to use with one person with a, uh, you know, medial tibial stress syndrome is not going to be the same approach you're going to use for every single one with that. Um, and it's also comes down to what we talk with the students having that purpose, right? So everything should have a purpose. Yeah you're putting an ice bag on someone, you should really think about why you're putting that ice bag on, what's happening physiologically, because maybe there's another thing that's more effective for that particular phase. Uh, and the same thing with teaching, right? Doing things with a purpose, not just using a technology because you feel like you have to. And I think that's what's happening right now is as our, 
you know, society evolves and tech becomes, you know, it's having a purpose. And what is your purpose? Because once you identify that, now you have so many different tools that you can use. And so that's what I'm going to try to do in the presentation is just literally show like the things are going to show or just basic types of technology that I'm sure other people use, but just going to show ways of like how we can do it to have, you know, an educational why, a purpose and show how we can use that to leverage that particular technology. So. Yeah, well, love that. And I love the pieces of, of finding purpose in everything you do, or yeah. or at least diving a little deeper into what the purpose is. You know, we talk about in our space, um, in action in the field is people be like, oh, you just stand around and watch sports and then like you tape ankles. I was like, yeah, but if you don't understand what each piece of tape is doing, then it probably shouldn't be put on the body. And I love that purpose in action, purpose in application. And um and finding that why and i think yeah. that that's a massive piece so um again our guest here is colin king of acadia university uh delivering on technology and teaching in the education of athletic therapy and athletic training we're live in tel aviv um maybe just a quick capture of our first evening here last night you know uh, we had a, a table full of food uh a sunset on the beach and and here we are ready for day one so i'll leave that your parting words on your experience so far here in tel aviv and um and then we'll jump into the Congress and have a great one. Yeah, no, it's been a great first. Uh, feels like I've been here three days, but I guess hasn't even been quite 24 hours yet. But um, outside of the, uh, you know, the shock to the body coming in, you know, beautiful weather, beautiful location. Uh, got a chance to get out and get down by the beach and see some of the sites and things. Uh, and yeah, just really looking forward to, uh, you know, learning, uh, learning with everyone through the next few days. So. Awesome. Really appreciate your time. And uh, maybe we'll grab you towards the end of the conference and see how you're holding up. Sure. Awesome. Thanks, right. James. Appreciate it. Again, it's Let's Chat. It's an athletic therapy podcast, the official podcast of WFAT live here from Tel Aviv, World Congress number 12. We'll be presenting uh, as many of the guests uh, presenting information, the delegates, the international leadership team as we go through the next few days. All the best. Take care. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Talk to you soon. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of this community. Check us out online, firststartherapy.com. That's F-I-R-S-T-A-R therapy.com. Or email us with feedback, consult at firststartherapy.com. C-O-N-S-U-L-T at firststartherapy.com. On Instagram at firststar.therapy. And our podcast host at Let's chat.at. This is First Star Let's Chat, an athletic therapy podcast.